Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knitter Square podcast. Uh, this episode is uh, episode seven of season two. And regular listeners to the podcast will know that um, Knitter Square is a charity organization based in South Africa. We've been going for about 12 or 13 years, and our mandate is to um, keep South Africa's orphaned and vulnerable children warm. We collect knitted squares and beanies and hand warmers and soft toys from knitters and crochers, crocheters all over the world, and they... Um, are then compiled into blankets and blanket packs and sent out on distributions to creches and um, informal settlements and wherever we've, we can find children sort of under the age of five who are really underprivileged and struggling without many nice things of their own. Um, many of them, as I say, are orphans or they are um, living in situations where they perhaps only have one parent and that parent is working. So... Um, it's it's just a difficult situation for them. When we come in and hand out blankets and soft toys and beanies and things, you can just see the, the delight on the faces of the children. And um, it's very, very rewarding for the people that actually do the distributions. So I'm a keen knitter and crocheter. And at the moment, I'm knitting a corner-to-corner -corner square. It's in a, a very variegated ball of, of yarn, an, an acrylic double-knitting yarn. Um, but I just enjoy making the squares out of this, um, out of well, out of, out of out of the the multicolored yarn because they I think they're fun. Uh, but I must say this particular ball of yarn and a couple that I bought recently had a very strange smell. Now I'm suffering from allergies at the moment, and I'm not quite sure whether it's the dyes that they used or whether the the um, the yarn was kept in a place where they put down poison for rats or something but it really is catching in my throat which is unpleasant so occasionally I will pick up this particular square to knit on but I must say mostly at the moment I'm crocheting just crocheting granny granny squares in um, a white yarn and double knitting and uh, surrounding them with black borders to make into nice um, sort of mosaic kind of blankets and I think They'll be very striking. Today's podcast is going to feature an interview with uh, Amy Pettigrew. She's from Texas and she's one of our moderators. She's been with Knitter Square for many years now and she's well known to all of you who visit the Square Circle Forum. Um, Amy hosts a couple of discussions on the forum, in particular um, the distribution discussion uh, where you'll, if you go there, you'll see photographs of distributions of um, blankets being handed out and the barn discussion so if you go to the discussion that's now called barn 2021 you'll see uh, all the activities um, photographs and reports from the barn which of course is our sort of workspace <laughs> um, Estelle is the person who writes all those reports and she's very good at it because she's got an incredible memory and she um, manages to tag the various blankets and things with the people who sent them in. So uh, if you like reading about what kind of things are coming in and seeing examples of those pictures, um, look for Amy's discussion about the barn. 
She also looks after some of the monthly themes. Um, the monthly th themes are, are really handled by several moderators. Um, and Amy did one in January where she used, um, I think the theme was called Safari Through Africa. And in the write-up, she said she would um, invite uh, all sorts of um, landmarks, I suppose, uh, like the pyramids of Egypt and waterfalls and things like that, um, as well as all the colors of, of Africa. So you're going from the very deep forest greens through to the um, sandy deserts and the red dunes and um, I suppose even the gold from from the the gold mines and fragments of of uh, sparkly wool that would look like diamonds but anyway it's um it that was a lovely theme very well received and uh this month may she's going to be or she is running a theme that is called celebrations and she'll talk more about that in the interview um i just want to apologize at the outset for some strange noises that I never managed to work out why they happened. It just happened at the beginning and once in the middle. Um, and they're a little off-putting, but I did a lot of heavy editing around to to diminish the, the effect of the, the funny noises. And I think the, the result is fine. Um, and I must say, Amy was a real sport. She, she took it all in her stride and we just laughed about it. So thank you to Amy. Thank you, Amy, for being a, a real sport and um, not letting it disrupt our chat. Um, so I'm going to uh, pass you over now to my chat with Amy and then I'll come back at the end to wrap up. Amy, it's lovely to have you on the podcast all the way from Houston. Um, what is the weather like where you are? It's a beautiful sunny day with a slight breeze, which is a nice break for things. We have had lots and lots of rain the last couple of days. Okay, okay. Are you sort of situated um, in the city or is it sort of on the suburban outskirts? We're on the suburban outskirts north of Houston. Okay. And uh, what is your sort of neighborhood like? Lots of trees or mountains? What sort of? We have what they call tall pines that are about 40 feet tall. And uh, every lot here is an acre of land so we can garden and we can explore. And we have lots of natural animals. And so it's very nice and spread out. Sounds lovely. And I believe you are quite a keen gardener. Yes, I enjoy digging in the soil. My dogs enjoy playing with the worms and the snakes. And we had a terrible freeze in February. And so we've had to dig up a lot of plants and we have been uh, putting in more natural things. So hopefully they will do better with the next freeze. Okay. Why don't you give me a, a sort of a, a, a descriptive picture of your dogs and the, the worms and the snakes and everything? I mean, how wild is it? <laughs> it well, uh, we have a Chihuini, which is a dachshund, and a mm -hmm. Chihuahua, and this one is definitely mostly dachshund, which uh, dig for badgers, so this one kills moles and kills squirrels, and so he thinks nothing of digging down and eating the roots, wow. and our other precious baby is a um, beagle, 
uh, boxer mix. Mm -hmm. And she's had two knee replacements in the last year. And so she just kind of surveys why we're, we're working in the yard. But we awesome. have <laughs> copperhead snakes, which are deadly. Mm -hmm, I we heard have, them. Uh, some lakes around here. So we have water moccasins, which are deadly. But we have some beautiful striped snakes. They're called Western striped snakes. And they mm -hmm. have yellow and green stripes down them and garter snakes and a lot of friendly snakes that eat a lot of critters we don't want. So we try mm -hmm. to keep as many snakes around as we can. And it sounds like you are quite uh, conscious of the nature around you. you. You can identify things. Uh, yes, we enjoy, we have foxes and bobcats and deer. And so we've learned as much as we can about what's around. Fantastic. And I love the idea of the tall pines. <laughs> it sounds gorgeous. They are, when we have heavy, high winds, they sway like tall buildings mm. and earthquakes. So it's mm. a lot of fun to watch. And you talk about a big freeze, um, a lot of snowfall during those times. Um, we did have snow, and for Houston, it stayed on the ground for four days, mm -hmm. which is very unlikely. It went down to about, it was nine degrees Fahrenheit, which would be about negative 10 Celsius. Yeah. So that is very, very cold for us. We've gone down, um, probably that's probably five degrees Celsius colder than we've ever been in the 40 years that I've lived in Houston. Oh, wow. That is cold. Yeah. And, so bottle and, brushes all died. All of our bottle brushes died. Most of our azaleas died, which are plants that you all are familiar with. We are. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that um, they were actually, you know, that you got them in America well, Texas. <laughs> oh, yes. We have there. Um, we have some of the tall bottle brushes, like in mm -hmm. Australia. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you have those there that are trees, but most mm -hmm. of ours are dwarfs. So they're between three and four foot high. Oh, I see. But the okay. hummingbirds love them just the same. Lovely. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and uh, Amy, you've been involved in Little Square for many years. I know that you um, are a moderator. Can you just tell us about sort of how you first got involved and yeah, your story with Little Square? I first got involved. I was in a Bible study and one of the ladies um, gave a testimony about how she was doing Little Square. I crocheted when I was a very young girl. And so she taught me this was six years ago and I have been involved ever since in sending squares more and more often some of my favorite patterns were the cuddles and the sweaters which we don't make anymore because we were mm. focused on blankets and toys yeah but, um, it fills my time in doctor's offices with my um, aging mother who just turned 92 in March yeah and so that's nice to fill up those times and um, airplane times as I travel along to visit uh, dear friends in South Africa, like I did last year. Which yes. Um, and so it just fills in lots of TV time and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. and it's always fun to see what you've made in a distribution wrapped around a child. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So you were telling me about um, the squares. Do you want to just, do you remember exactly where you got up to? Um, I had mentioned I, I did a lot of crocheting. I do the picture squares and I like to crochet when I'm on plane trips mm -hmm. and in a lot of car trips. We just went up to Dallas to help my son. And so I was making squares then and that's always fun. You know, the picture squares are incredible. And when when we see them come into the barn, I know everybody shows them around because they 
the, I mean, they're far beyond my capability. And I think for all of us knitters there. So do you have sort of favorite patterns or do you like to sort of take on new challenges or something when you do pictures? I have favorite patterns. I've sent you all several penguins recently and mm -hmm. the hedgehogs because they have the least amount of tails to sew in. <laughs> yes. But I'm always on the lookout for patterns that will fit the parameters of the um, knit a square size. Yeah. And as and free ones. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes, of that's course. right. Um, so, I suppose things like letters of the alphabet and numbers and things, um, maybe even street signs, those things would be quite easy because it's not too many colors and that kind of thing. Correct. I'm currently just today, I started the letter L in yellow to send mm -hmm. in my next package. So mm -hmm. those are, um, I found a wonderful alphabet pat, uh, pattern. And I've been sending quite a few of those recently to the barn. Mm. Do you knit those sort of in, in stocking stitch? Stock and knit, you call it. I don't knit. I only crochet. Oh, I beg your pardon, pardon. That's okay. And mm. all the patterns are called corner to corner, which is um, double, double crochet. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. I, I have never tried to crochet... Um, uh, colors, you know, like a pattern into a crochet square. I need to do granny squares. So that's completely new to me. Yeah. Well, it's similar to the granny square, then that every block is double crochets of three, mm. um, but it's put in at a diagonal way. I know Croatia has been sending some lovely uh, corner to corner striped okay. diagonal crochets. Those are the same type of pattern. Okay. Gee. Well, I'm always amazed at how our. Um, crafters come up with such amazing variety of things <laughs> we are blessed yeah around the world absolutely sure so um are you part of a knitting group or do you tend to do everything just off your own back from where you are i am not part of a knitting group i just do it on my own mm -hmm. um and that keeps me busy and happy so okay and sending off parcels, do you wait until you've got enough for a box full or something? I do wait until I have enough for a box in the United States, as everywhere. It is very, very expensive. Mm. But once you hit 10 pounds or a little under five kilos, the price co uh, comes down a little bit. In the United States, we can only okay. ship um, airmail. Yeah. Not send surface mail. Mm. And so it usually is. $10, $10 to $12 per pound until up to 10 pounds, and then it goes down just a little bit. So I suppose from that point of view, it's, it pays to, um, to send less frequently, but more, more squares when you do. For me, yes, it does. Mm. Uh, a normal package will normally cost me about $160. Wow, that's a lot. Gee, <laughs> it, that's... It, it's... If only we had surface mail or sea mail, like mm. those few countries that do. Mm. Amy, have you ever gone the route of trying to raise money through cake sales or anything like that to, to help you send off parcels? No, I have not. I know some, uh, quite a few ladies do craft fairs mm -hmm. to raise funds. Um, I know our Clear Lake group, which is south of here, about 50 miles or 100 kilometers. 
they were blessed to have somebody endow them with the funds to send parcels. Mm -hmm. blessed, um, and so they're very fortunate. I am just lucky that my husband has a fabulous job and mm -hmm. I have the funds that I can, can send my parcels three or four times a year. Fantastic. Yeah. What would you say that Mrs. Square means to you? I know this is quite a big question, but I think that you probably have thought about it. Um, can you share with our members what, what it means to you? Well, Nitta Square, when I first heard about it, I'd already been to see Soweto on a family trip in 2006. And so it touched my heart in a different way because I've seen the children and the need that's there. I've seen um, the housing and the conditions that are there. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just making a small difference and sharing some love in a community that is so desperate in need of it. Mm -hmm. I had a neighbor boy one time when I was making toys, he wanted me to make a toy for him. And I said, give me 10 of your toys and I will make a toy for you. And he's like, well, I'm not going to give up 10 of my toys. And I said, well, this toy is the only toy that the child will have, the child that receives this toy. And he looked at me just shocked. He says, well, I have hundreds of toys. And I said, yes, you do. And I said, but the child that will get this toy has not any toys. And so that, that resonates in my heart that they have no warmth, they have no toys, their heads are uncovered and cold in the winter and their hands and schoolwork is, is they can barely hold a pencil or a crayon when it's very cold. So I've seen the children twice now and it Amy. just makes a difference when you see what they're, yeah. what they're living in. That is an awesome story that you told about that, that neighbor of yours. And really, it's, it's quite staggering to think that so many of our children grow up with lots of toys, so many that they, they probably wouldn't miss one if it got lost or something. And yet the children that do, you know, the, the children that receive the Nessa Square toys are, um, as you say, it might be the only toy they ever receive. And for them, it's just their best friend, perhaps. I think so. And it's a comfort for them mm. to be able to have conversations with the toy like you do. And mm. um, so many of us in first world countries have so much, we really don't realize how much we have mm -hmm. until you see it in other places. Mm. So. I've, I've actually heard it said um, that, as you say, the children talk to their toys. And in therapy, isn't it quite um, sort of a commonly practiced method of allowing a child to express himself to actually give him a toy and ask him to tell the toy perhaps what has happened to him or how he feels i think so and, and i think the same is true for drawing so they mm. it's it's a non-judgment situation and they open up if you mm. can just sit quietly and observe so mm. it becomes a friend and a comfort yeah so whether it's an i mean it could be a purple elephant or a, a blue monkey it, Absolutely. It have to look like a realistic type of toy. It's just yeah. something that's theirs that provides them comfort. Yeah, exactly. Something that they can cuddle. Correct. Yeah. We actually get uh, quite a, a variety of toys at Nitta Square. Some of them are knitted, like knitted teddy bears and, and um, really quite amazing creations. Uh, some are hand-sewn and some are shop-bought, you know, the, the plush ones, the soft, fluffy ones that are shop-bought. Um, and I think what's, what happens sometimes is people will actually 
seek out uh, pre-owned or pre-loved toys that are still in very good condition and send those. So um, the, the, the variety of toys that comes in is big. And then when we do a di distribution, we will try to um, send similar sorts of toys. Like I was packing for a distribution on Tuesday. And um, so we chose toys that were all sort of maybe the size of your hand, you know, small toys. Um, another distribution, because these, these were going to be for very little children, but another distribution might choose sort of like um, 20 or so big floppy toys if we, if we have those in stock. And then we just try and match them a little bit so that there's not too much disparity between the, the toys that the children receive. Well, that's wonderful. I've done all three. I, after the holidays here, there's a lots of toys for um, clearance price, 90% off. So I'll send uh, plush toys, which I did just mm -hmm. that you received some in the barn. Yeah. And then I go to charity shops and with the, what we call gently used toys. Yes. That, um, are often brand new and in great condition. Mm -hmm. And then I do, I try and make my toys the crochet toys that I make, I've made a lot of bunnies and some other mm -hmm. things between seven and 10 inches tall. So the children can, um, they're more ideal for a small yeah. child to hold on to. Yes, yes. Because most of the children that we we do distribute to are between um, sort of one and five. Um, we, we sometimes go a bit older than that, but the majority of children are preschoolers. Yes, and they have small hands and and they like dolls that would, if they're people dolls, they like mm -hmm. them to kind of look like them with the skin tone and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, for a while I was making some dolls where the, you could put the clothes on and off so the children could practice seeing those. Mm -hmm. It's just That's fun right. to find different toy patterns thinking, yeah. will a child enjoy this? Yeah. So, um, where do you find your patterns from, um, Amy? Do you, do you use the, the ones on the Nissa Square website or do you go further afield? I use the ones on the Knit a Square website, some of them. I've used the puppet pattern that I've, mm -hmm. it was a bear puppet that I've turned into a lion. Mm -hmm. uh, several of them are, are, are free or some of us within the community, Facebook or email back and forth. And sometimes we've shared patterns with each other of, of things that we'll do. Mm -hmm. There are some knitted patterns I wish I knitted that I wish I could do. <laughs> the little comfort dolls that the doctors uh, distribute are so cute and I tried yeah. a crochet pattern of that and it just it was not a pretty toy <laughs> <laughs> well, we, so, we all have our, our special special sort of um, skills and it sounds like your your picture uh, squares are particularly lovely so yeah they're fun to do I, I do enjoy putting whole blankets together mm -hmm. also I usually send two or three blankets ready-made they're um fun to do and one of the members taught me how to do the join as you go granny square so i don't have to sew them together i just loop them together as i go along which makes it okay. so much nicer yes i must look into that yes sure yeah <laughs> but, but then i'm in said, she says have you done this and i was like yeah. that saves so much time absolutely so. but now would that not mean that you are um uh, having to work on a full-size blanket on your on your lap rather than on small squares? Um, I make my 35 granny squares and then as I, I save my last round to connect them so that working on uh, the whole blanket is very uh, a very short time. 
Yes. Of, of putting it together. I see. So you only connect, you, uh, you crochet the, the squares together once you've made them all. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's okay. 35. I think I've just sent one that's actually has more because I like the design and things had to meet up and I had to make 77 squares before mm -hmm. I put them together. But um, sometimes I, I always admire those blankets that are either three squares across or a different proportion instead of just the yes. basic five by seven. It just looks a little bit different. Yeah. Actually, we, we, we've been getting in all sorts of different design blankets. Um, you know, the, the main thing is that the, uh, if, if, if people do send in a full, full blanket, it needs to be a certain size so that they are more or less the same size as each other. And then when we distribute them, it's um, sort of even. <laughs> but um, right. I saw that some blankets came in on, on um, this last week, which were probably knitted on two large um, circular needles literally right across the whole width of the blanket, like um, wow. like you'd knit a square, but you'd but literally nothing with that many stitches. So. <laughs> I, can't be, I can't imagine doing a hundred centimeters on a set of circular needles. That's yeah, great. well, kudos uh, to the person that absolutely did that. <laughs> very very big um very big project, but it's an interesting what, use of of the materials, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, so. And Amy, um, you were telling me before we started chatting that you are doing the May theme this at, on the website. Yes, the May theme is going to be celebrations. And I was hoping that you could give me some input into some special celebrations that are unique to South Africa. We have Christmas and weddings mm -hmm. and all that, but I know you have Freedom Day coming up on April 27th. Yes. Now, Freedom Day would be associated with the flag and sort of the national. Um, it's a commemoration of the day that um, South Africa became or had its first election as a democratic country. So that's Freedom Day. Um, and probably um, I can't actually think of too many emblems or, or things that would go along with that. But uh, the colors of the flag would certainly come into it. Um, what I can think of, though, is Heritage Day, because we have Heritage Day on, well, it's sometime in September. I can't remember the exact date, I'm afraid. But uh, um, I can look it up. I yes. Can look it up. Okay. Uh, Heritage Day has, has sort of um, celebrated many different things over the years, and often there is a theme. Sometimes it's um, celebrating our green heritage, and often they will do tree planting on that day. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a particular kind of tree that they popularize that year and promote through the nurseries and that kind of thing. Um, well, that's so, perfect because our monthly color is green. There you go. So I may go ahead and lead off with that. As yeah. Heritage Day. This year I had in, in January, I had Africa and I was spent half the month on Africa as whole, but then was mm. trying to educate people about South Africa. And mm. It was the first time I realized that you all have three capitals. Yes, we do. That's, that's true. It's, so I thought celebrations, there have to be unique celebrations to South Africa, Mandela yes. Day, Heritage Day, um, Freedom Day that we don't hear about. Or Absolutely. Yeah, well we, well, we have a lot of public holidays in this country. That's one thing for sure. So we'd also have Workers' Day and we have Re Reconciliation Day and we have Youth Day 
and I don't think Women's Day is a public holiday, but the others all are. So, and then of course the Easter and Christmas would also fall under your celebrations. But South Africa has a big, um, you know, a big cultural diversity. So we've got, um, you know, we, we tend to, at schools, we, we tend to pay some attention to the Jewish holidays and the, um, the Hindu celebrations and uh, Eid for, for the Muslims and all that kind of thing. So <laughs> there's a very wide uh, consciousness through, through the education system of, of the cultural diversity. Um, when when you when you run a monthly theme, what does that entail for you on the on the back end? Um, we set up the, the, the page with mm -hmm. an introduction to the theme. Um, this month is sweet treats, which we've had cupcakes and donuts and um, all sorts of tantalizing squares of sweets and things. Lovely. Um, but it's setting up the page and then you check it daily and make comments and encourage people. And oftentimes we set up an album where all the pictures that have been posted are in one place. Mm -hmm. So if, if, um, like when I did our Africa theme every year, we have an Africa theme or a South Africa theme. You can go back in past years and, and pull up pictures and use them in your introduction, mm -hmm. which is fun because if you go back 12 years ago, there were some incredible, incredible squares. Yes. And while those members may still be contributing, they're not posting their photographs currently online. So it's yes. fun to see the very beginnings of what Knit a Square was and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and we so do that's, get a. That's all it is. Estelle has been doing a wonderful job of recapping the barn, mm -hmm. um, which I post all of her photographs and her stories from Facebook. Yes, and she's she's been doing like um, we have a, a very prolific contributor from the UK that doesn't post her photos on the forum, but mm -hmm. um, Estelle does a lot of sewing of her squares together, and so she gets to see them coming oh, into good. the barn. Yes, as well as in distributions and that sort of thing. So members, even if they don't post their own work personally, which some members say they have a hard time figuring it out, mm -hmm. um, they have the opportunity of seeing them in the barn, in the blanket room, or in distributions. Cat yes. is one of the few charities that just really feeds back into what being able to see what you've given possibly showing up on a child. Absolutely. So yeah. We're very blessed with our um, Soweto ladies and Athelay and Estelle. When they go out to distributions, they've really done an incredible job of mm. taking pictures of the, the children receiving the blankets mm. and the toys and the hats and the hand warmers. So yeah. We as contributors around the world are so blessed in that regard. Yeah. It, I, it must be wonderful to know because you, you, you sit quite far away from everything. Uh, doing your knitting or your crocheting and then when when you actually see it all coming together in the barn and on a distribution it must be really very rewarding at that point it is very rewarding and I actually save all the pictures of my work that's wrapped around the children I have a whole little file Do on my you? computer so it, it's it's my feel good when I need a feel good moment <laughs> that's a very good idea it, it just it warms the heart to know that it touches and that some part of me is being enjoyed by somebody else mm. halfway around the world absolutely so it's, yeah um, we we need not take our handmade crafts for granted that's for sure for sure yeah 
Well, Emmy, thank you so much for sharing. I, I I can really tell that you, you know, it means so much to you. You're sharing from your heart. And um, we so appreciate your your role on the on the forum and with everything that you do and for your support over the years. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And it's been fun chatting with you and hearing about your celebrations and how you're getting ready for winter there and the cold weather. We are. Yes, we are. It won't be a big freeze, I'm sure, like you have there, but <laughs> um, we, we certainly will be enjoying some fires in the evenings, you know, to sit, sit and knit in front of the fire. I do enjoy that. And mm -hmm. yeah, eating some stews and curries and things. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, good, Amy. Lovely chatting to you and uh, to your family. Stay well. Well, I don't know if you noticed there, but Emmy put me on the spot with her with her question about suggestions for her her celebrations theme. Um, I delivered some off the top of my head, but um, the day after we did the interview, um, the, I think it had been the Oscars that night, and one of the South African films called My Octopus Teacher was. Um, um, awarded a, a, an Oscar for the best documentary feature film. Um, it's a South African film and it's about a, a person who, a, a filmmaker who formed a, a relationship with an octopus in a kelp reef um, down in, in the Cape, in Cape Town, I think. Um, anyway, uh, there was a lot of excitement about him winning that uh, award and of course South Africa being represented at the Oscars. So, um, it reminded me that celebrations cover the whole gamut of, of things like trophies and certificates and rosettes and um, things that, that really do bunting, for example, that, that are characteristic of events that are made up of sort of competitions and, and victories. And then, of course, um, I was reminded also that musical instruments uh, form a, a large part of celebrations, especially here in South Africa, where where music is such a, a strong part of the culture. Uh, so things like guitars and trumpets and drums, all sorts of different kinds of drums, calabash shakers and um, penny whistles and anything like that would also be, you know, a, a part of a um, celebration theme. And then, um, of course, back to the, the more traditional thing of birthday cakes and crackers and candles and presents. So there really is a lot to, um, to include if you want to get experimental. And uh, again, off the top of my head, I think celebration colors would be your brightly colored primaries, um, gold and silver, um, and uh, anything that has sparkles in it. So go to town with, with any kind of yarn and um, tassels and fringes and anything you want to add to your squares, because they will certainly all be um, beautifully coordinated in the celebration theme. So that's all from me for today. I can't believe that we're already into May. It's nearly the, the middle of the year, but of course we are moving into the coldest season here in South Africa. And that's when the distributions sort of ramp up because uh, we want to get blankets and beanies and hand warmers and toys to children ahead of the cold winter. Uh, there are areas in South Africa where it does snow and there is certainly a lot of frost. Um, 
and we want to make sure that our children are well taken care of so keep up the knitting the crocheting send off your parcels um find people who are wanting to send off squares and maybe um combine your effort to to send a shipment together and save on on postage for that but w whatever you do um just know that everything um will find its way into a blanket or a bundle or something which will just bring such joy to children and make their lives a lot brighter and uh, more festive <laughs> so that's all from me this is leanne hunt casting off you can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.